Welcome to Parenting Your Sensitive Child. Parenting a highly sensitive child can feel overwhelming, and all the parenting books in the world can only get you so far if your head and your heart are out of alignment with your child's. I'm your host, Julia McGarry. Let's create a new parenting paradigm. Hey y'all, welcome to the co-regulation episode. I wanted to talk to you a little bit about co-regulation because I know it's kind of become a bit of a buzzword, if you will, at least in the gentle, respectful parenting world. So if you've spent much time here in this world, you've probably got some sense of what co-regulation means and how you practice it. And I do want to give you my definition of co-regulation so you know where I'm coming from when I talk about it. But more importantly, I want to talk about the ways that co-regulation can go wrong, specifically the misconceptions that many parents carry that get in the way of effective co-regulation. So if you're trying or you have tried to co-regulate with your child, then this episode is for you. You ready? To start off, let me be really clear about what I mean when I say co-regulation. When I say co-regulation, I mean the action of a dysregulated person tuning in to the regulated state of another person. At the most basic level, Co-regulation requires one person to be regulated or actively regulating themselves so another person who's struggling with regulating can connect to their regulated state, to their heartbeat, to their regulated breathing. If you've ever said, I don't want to talk, I just need a hug, and through that hug we're able to access a more grounded, calm state, you've experienced co-regulation. It isn't something you have to actively teach because it doesn't require conscious effort on the part of the dysregulated person. Did you catch that? I'm gonna put it another way. If your version of co-regulation requires conscious effort on the part of your child, you're not actually facilitating co-regulation you're asking them to use self-regulation strategies. But when you actually hold space for them to co-regulate with you, they experience regulation in a way that makes it easier for them to regulate themselves in the future. They build up their self-regulation skills through co-regulating with you. So even though you're not teaching them to self-regulate. You're not asking them to draw on the skills that they have to self-regulate. They are still getting experience that will help them self-regulate in the future. It's really cool stuff. Now, given that explanation of co-regulation, that it's the process of a dysregulated person connecting or 
plugging in to the actively regulated presence of another person and using the physical signals to become more regulated, whether it's conscious or not, the biggest misconceptions that I see about co-regulation are that it's supposed to look a certain way and that you need to be actively teaching them what to do. If you think that co-regulation is supposed to look like the two of you sitting and doing breathing exercises together and you insist on this model, you're much more likely to get pushback from your child. It's more likely that you will feel like co-regulating isn't working for you. At its most basic level, co-regulation might look like you being quietly present until your child moves through their emotions. It might feel like you aren't doing anything, but you are. You are actively working to stay calm and grounded instead of reacting to your child's emotions. That is the fundamental work of co-regulation. You are creating a calm base that they can plug into to reset. If that is all you do, know that it's enough. Sometimes staying regulated requires all of your energy. And at the same time, it's not out of the question to open an invitation to your child, to invite them to join in the process of co-regulating. That doesn't mean you say, hey, come here, we're going to co-regulate together, right? But it might mean first you do the work of calming yourself. Let them move through the initial surge of their emotion and take the time for you to think about what your child actually needs. Maybe they want a hug or to sit in your lap or just to sit close to you on the couch. Think about the child you know and the way that they typically choose to connect, the activities that typically help ground them. Resist the urge to insist that they join you in this and keep your invitation when you issue it really simple. Do you wanna come sit with me? Is plenty. And be sure you respect their no. If they say no, that's okay. You can simply say, okay, I'll be right here if you need me and continue to ground yourself and do what you need to do to stay calm and regulated. Also, it's worth noting that an invitation can be nonverbal. Sometimes with my daughter, it's enough for me to move closer, to sit down on the ground next to her and open my arms in the gesture of a hug. And she'll then come and sit in my lap and wrap my arms around herself. And then we just sit for as long as she needs. And with that said, I want to encourage you to be on to your brain if you're thinking you don't have time to sit with them like that. 
notice if this thought comes up for you. And let's just assume for a minute that it is true. You don't have time. You'll be late to something important if you take the time to sit with them until they've moved through their emotions. Even if that's true, consider that you already know what happens if you don't make the time, right? Is that worth not being late? Would it be worth being late if you could shorten the duration of their meltdown and reduce the stress involved for everyone by simply sitting with them quietly for a few minutes. There are definitely times where the answer is no, you can't risk being late. But our brains like to tell us that this is the case more often than it actually is. Question your brain. Remind yourself that taking this time now is an investment. It means less stress, and it takes them one step closer to being able to regulate their emotions themselves. Even if it's only a baby step, baby steps add up. All right. I hope this is helpful for you. If you need more support in this area, you can always find me at partneredpath.com. Click on coaching to get started and we'll go from there, okay? I hope you have a wonderful week. I'll talk to you in the next episode. Are you fired up to make change in your family? Ready to change course and stick to it? You're gonna wanna get on my email list. It's like a direct line to my brain sent straight to you every week. It's helped my clients start making changes before they even get on a call with me. Sign up and get any of my free resources, link in the show notes.